I found that one and I thought it fit me well, so that's why we played that one. All right, you got your Bibles with you. We're going to read one verse today, and I want to just share with you something that I have learned over the years. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Before we read the scripture, I want to just share a few thoughts with you today. First of all, if you go to any bookstore, you'll find shelves filled with books on how to raise your children. There are books that well-known names like Dr. Spock and Dr. Dobson, in addition to hundreds of other folks that you've never heard of before, but have something that they feel like they need to share with you. It's easy to write books on child-rearing, The problem is that it's difficult to write a good book on child rearing. I heard about a guy that uh, wrote a paper and he entitled it, A Definitive Study for Successful Child Rearing. This guy was single, no children. When this same guy got married, he gave a new title to his paper. He now calls it the Max's uh, Principles for Family Life. When they had their first child and he renamed his paper yet once again. Here are some simple thoughts on bringing up children. When his first child turned five years old, he changed the title yet again. Why children? And when his children became teenagers, he added a new chapter to his paper and renamed it once again for the final time. Help me. I'm falling apart. The truth is that child rearing and fatherhood and all of those things are difficult at best. But thank God we have a great example in our Heavenly Father. There are so many of us who want to offer their advice on how to raise our children. And of all of us at times feel that we could use some help in this all important area of life. So, where does one go? Where does one turn for some solid advice that will help us in our time of need? Well, what I've learned over the years is that the one place that we can always turn to find help is the Word of God. God understands the dynamics of the family He needs uh, and the needs of young people better than any human being. His wisdom is timeless. And it is always to the point of life where we are. No matter what it is that we're reading, God always has a message for you right where you are. And for those of us today that perhaps are still raising children, which it's great to hear children in the audience all the time. You know, um, I don't like preaching in churches where there is no children when they take them all out and they usher them somewhere in the building. Um, I don't like preaching in a church where, where they don't have any children because I look out and I see a lot of you are getting like me, no hair and gray hair, and that means if we don't have children, we don't have the next generation. Our motto, our, our principle, our, our goal is building the church of tomorrow today through families and through discipleship and through evangelism, and that has to do with our children. And they're so important. Now, if you would, if you found Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, I told you just one verse I want to talk about today. One verse that we have, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. If you would, stand with me as we honor the reading of the word of the Lord. And fathers, please listen up. Men, please listen up. Young men, boys, listen up. 
Children, listen up. This is important. God says this for us. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Father, thank you for that word. Lord, thank you for the, 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 the word of God that speaks so clearly into what we want to talk about today. Lord, thank you for the dads that are in this room, those that, Father, are, are, are not just dads, but they're granddads, and some of them are great-granddads. And, and, Lord, thank you for the generations that they have impacted and touched. Thank you for the young ones that are yet not dads, but, but Lord, we hope one day will be dads, and, Lord, that they will be godly dads. We pray that we will set the right example for them so that they would know how to live and how to love and how to raise a family to honor and glorify God. Lord, speak to each and every heart today, both the dads, the children, and the, uh, the rest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Now, as I read that scripture, I can be assured, and I would have to admit that it sounds a whole lot easier than what it really is. That's why I've come not today with a how-to book. I did not write a how-to be a good dad, how to raise your children, how to be the, uh, the, the dad that you need to be, but I've come with something different. I've come with my trusty friend, my toolbox. Over the years, I have learned so many lessons of life when reaching into my toolbox. And today... I want to take a few moments to share with you what's in my toolbox. And I want you to see that there are some things that we can have in our toolbox that are important for us in order to live life. And so, I don't know about you, maybe you're not like me, maybe you don't like tools as much as I like tools, and that's okay. I hope that you at least recognize the tools that I'm going to pull out of this box in just a few moments and tell you how God can use them in your life. And how that as a dad, we need these particular tools in our lives so that, that when we pull them out, we know what to do with them. So uh, let's look together as to what we might find in dad's toolbox. The first thing that I want us to find in our toolbox is, is what one might call an adjustable wrench. You know... Over the years, I found that an adjustable wrench is so important because there are a lot of times when I'm on a job and I might look at something, but I, I think that it's one size, and when I get there, it's another size. I love the fact that my adjustable wrench fits all sizes. It meters down to the small size. It gets up to the large sizes. It fits everything that I need to turn what I need to turn. This adjustable help, wrench helps us to see that fathers must be flexible and, uh, and adjustable as we go through raising our children. We must be adaptable to every situation that arises. We must be willing at a moment's notice to make some changes so that we can adjust to the needs that are before us. Now the Bible has something to say to that. We just read it in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Paul, again, writing in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they become discouraged. All right, the Bible reminds us that it is important for us that as we are raising our children, each and every one of our children are different, and we've got to be adjustable to each and every one of our children's life. 
No one child is the same size, shape, or needs as another one of our children. Raising several, I can tell you that they're all different, and they all need a little difference in adjustments. And as a dad, I needed to adjust differently to how I spoke to my girls as well as I spoke to my son. And so we need to recognize that God reminds us that if we don't want to provoke our children, as dads, we've got to be adjustable. We've got to be flexible to recognize that we can't say one thing and expect it to meet everybody's needs. We've got to recognize the adjustability of our life. The second thing that I found that's been most helpful in my life is to recognize that, you know what? There is a need for leveling. There is a need to make sure that we know what is level. Now, what does the Bible tell us about this and what's, what's the need? It reminds me of the fact that, that fathers must be fair, that they must be level-headed. Sometimes in life, it is, uh, it is, um, life is to compromise and not always to walk the straight and narrow. But the cost may be more than what we want to pay. You know, it's real important for us to recognize what is level, what is the, you know, um, the standard in which God has set for our lives. You know, the level is, has been helpful for me over the years to hanging pictures and shelves and different things. But it also reminds me that, you know what? I can't, I can't blow off at uh, the slightest thing. I've got to recognize that there's got to be some uh, thought and, 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 you know, some motive behind what I'm about to say. You know, we need to be a level-headed dad one who looks at the situation and counts to 10 and then starts to think, Lord, what should I do? What should I say? How should I respond so that the lesson that you want learned is learned? So how does one do that? Well, the Bible tells us here in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 7, the just man walketh in integrity and his children are blessed after him. The level-headed dad leaves behind a heritage of children who have seen what it takes to make it in this wicked and crooked and perverse world. The next thing that I found in my toolbox that has been very helpful over the years to make sure that I can um, get to what I need to get to, I found that sometimes you know, you got to nail them down right where they are. So you need a staple gun. I mean, sometimes you gotta, you got to nail them to the wall in order for them to hear it. No, no, just kidding. A staple gun and a clamp. You know, this is one of my favorite tools for um, holding things together. You know, the staple gun and the clamp are all about holding things together, uh, rather temporarily so that the, it gives time for the glue to dry and, and for it to set, or, or to tack things in place so that they'll be there so that you can make a more permanent adjustment later. These two tools are different in the ways that, that to show how fathers must be able to hold things together. 
We must begin with our marriage relationship. It's so important. We talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning about how sad the statistics are that the, the, the world is not seeing a greater difference in the church than they are in the world themselves. The marriage relationship is so important that Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. God has clamped us together, not just until uh, something better comes along, but he's clamped us together until he calls us home. And sometimes we need his clamping to hold us together until the glue dries. You know, we're kind of like a piece of paper. And the fact that it, it, when the paper is made, it's a bunch of fibers and it's kind of all mushed together. And when it dries, it becomes a sheet of paper. But in order to pull those fibers apart, you've got to destroy the paper. You see, God wants us connected together in their marriage relationship so that we understand that I can't leave. She can't leave because to do one would destroy the other. And that's what marriage relationship needs to be. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible reminds us that every home needs a good, stable environment. We need to, you know, tack it down. In Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise for your life and for your best interest, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And your fathers provoke not your children to wrath and bring them up in that nurture and admonition that the Lord has set for us. You know, so um, we begin to, to look at what we need to hold together. We find that the, 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 the family is so important. It's the family heritage that we need to make sure carries on to the next generation. Now, the next thing that I carry in my toolbox, because maybe I'm not like you and you're such a neat freak and all that, but I'm a slob. Blue drips, uh, sawdust flies, uh, shavings go all over, and I spill my drink. All kinds of messes happen. I got to have a shop towel to make sure that I got something there to swab up that mess before it leaves a, a stain. Everyone needs to recognize they need a, a, a shop towel. But here's a news flash for all of you uh, moms, dads, children. Um, fathers aren't perfect, dads make mistakes. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you didn't know that. I'm sure that that's a shock to you. And, and, and don't worry, you'll get over that shock by the day's out. I promise. All right? And dads, we need to realize that we're not perfect. And we can't hold ourselves to a standard that we'll never, ever be able to achieve. But what we need to realize, dads, is that we make mistakes. That we have failures. And it sometimes means that we've got to man up and we've got to admit that we've made a mistake not only to our wives, but sometimes even to our children. Then we must be willing to humble ourselves before them and ask for forgiveness. You know, one of the great things that God promises us that when we make a mistake, He is faithful to clean us up. 
In 1 John 1, 9, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, He, the Lord, is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He gets out His rag. And he wipes the slate clean so that when we look back at it, that mess that we've made, before it ever becomes a stain in our life, God has already come and he's cleaned it up because we've confessed. God, I blew it. God, I messed it up today. God, I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. Lord, I need you to forgive me and God does. But God doesn't just forgive us and let us wallow in the mess. He gets out his cleaning rag and he cleans up the mess and he makes it right again. I tell you, every one of us needs to have some shop towels around. And if nothing else, you know, if we haven't made a mess, we're going to need them to wipe our eyes because our, our kids are going to make us cry from now on. Then. And we're going to cry because we realize that we haven't done everything that we could have and should have done for them and for our spouse. Well, the next thing that I find that I found real handy over the years is that until a modern day, by the way, I don't use these quite as often as I once did because, you know, um, most of my power tools, when I first started, they all needed electricity. And I found out something real quick. You know what? You can place a lot of outlets in a room, but you know what? It seems as though that your, your project is never close to an outlet. And so you got to, I, I always I pick up a tool and push the button and nothing happens. And I say, well, you got to get a little closer to the power source. You know, isn't it great to know that when we start to wane away from our Heavenly Father, God says to us that we need to get back a little closer to our power source. So I'm so glad that God's given us a cord in which we can pull over and find that we can reach an outlet and I can be away from the outlet, but yet still be connected to the power source. You know, one of the great things that God has said is that we should never be so far from Him that we are not connected to the power source. Listen, my friends, that extension cord just reminds us that we need to be connected to the power source. You know, the Bible tells us that we must be able to stretch and connect with our families, but we must be connected to the main power source in order to, to power our families the way they need to be. We must plug into our relationship with our Heavenly Father so that His life power will flow through us until such a time as our family plugs in themselves and finds the power that they need comes only from the Lord Himself. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes this, Finally, brethren, whosoever, or whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest and whatsoever things are just, and whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Connect to the power source so that the things that you're, you're doing, the, that you're pouring into your family, come from Him and Him alone. The wisdom of this world will leave them lacking, but the wisdom of God will give them everything that they need. Make sure you're connected to the right power source. The next thing that, that I find um, digging around in my toolbox, oh, wait a minute, how in the world did that get in there? I, I wonder how many of you crazy people have cologne in your toolbox. I think my wife must have put that one in there. No, it's in there on purpose. You know why, fellas? Sometimes we got to put a little 
on so that we don't stink so much. And our wife says, hmm, I kind of like that. You know, guys, every now and again, it's a good idea to smell good for mama. Every now and again, it's a good idea for us to uh, uh, recognize that, that, you know what, if we want to honor the Lord, we got to love our spouse. Sometimes we got to love them enough that we shower and shave, put a little splash on, and say, honey, I cleaned up, didn't I? I cleaned up all right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 reminds us, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and he gave himself for it. Dads, listen to me. One of the best things that we can leave our children is an everlasting example of how to love their mom. How to love the lady that God's put in their life so that they will recognize how to love the lady that God gives to them. Dads, we've got a great responsibility ahead of us. The next generation so desperately needs us needs us to step up and be the dads that God's called us to be. Now, you would think that that would be the end of the, the, the line, but I've got just a couple of more that uh, I think are important. One of the other things that i found over the years that has been very helpful, and uh, sometimes the bigger the better, a pair of pliers. Now, that's a pair of pliers. That's my favorite pair of pliers because it, it can almost grip anything. I mean, there's not much that this little bad boy can't hang on to. But what these pliers remind us is that fathers need to be able to hang on when everyone else is losing grip. You know, we're living in a crazy time, and it seems as though the world has lost grips with reality. It seems as though that everything that is right is wrong, and everything that is wrong is right. And it's time for us to recognize that we've got to get a grip on life. We've got to get a grip on what's going on in our families. We've got to get a grip on, on how to be the man that God's called us to be. How to be the Christian that God's called us to be. It's time for us to recognize that we need to get a grip. Now what does the Bible say about that? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Time that we get a grip on the reality that we need to walk in the, the, the steps of Christ, not in the steps of this world. We need to set an example before our families to say, you know what, I'm going to hold on to Christ even when everybody else seems to be letting go. I tell you, he's the only one that will be faithful enough to be there in the end. When everybody else has left us, he will be there. Now, this next one that I found that, uh, um, you know, I've had to bring out a time or two. And it's not the one I wanted to bring out. I got one that looks a lot like this, but it's solid metal because I've seen that how hard-headed they can be. But what I've learned over the years is that sometimes you've got to inflict a little bump without inflicting too much damage. Okay? So the rubber mallet's important to have in our toolbox simply because we need to recognize that fathers must always be able to persuade without doing damage. We may want to use a two-by-four, or we may want to use a, 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 a three-pound hammer, 
But sometimes we need to recognize that we better just use something that gives a little bit. It has a thump to it, but it don't leave everlasting damage. Okay? Titus chapter 3 verses 1 through 2 says, Put them in mind to be subject to the principles and the powers to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no browers but gentle, showing all meekness unto men. You know, sometimes if we're going to get our family to follow the right road, we've got to bump them back into play. We've got to persuade them that this is not the direction you need to go, but a little thump here and a little thump there gets them on the straight and narrow. And you know what? At the end, you know, using a rubber mallet on lots of things, you know, if you look close at my mallet, you'll find that there's some damage to my mallet, but the, here's the truth. That the things that I hit with it didn't have no damage. You see, the mallet takes the abuse, but it gets the point across. So important. When we're dealing with our families, we don't want to cause damage. We just want to guide them and persuade them to move in the right direction. You know, of all the tools that I have, and I've got a lot of them, my wife will tell you that I got a lot of them. I got a basement full of them. I got, matter of fact, if you were to go out in the parking lot, pop open the trunk of my, or the back of my truck, um, I've got a truckload of tools right there. And that's just a blip on the radar of the tools that I have. But I found that there is one tool that I have found the most effective, not in changing my family, but in changing me. Every dad needs to have this toolbox we need God's word it is the greatest tool that we can use you know how many of you dads are like me we don't get the instructions out of the box until we've put it together and we have parts left over Um, or we don't get out the instruction book until we put it together and we plug it in and it don't work Then we get the instruction book out and say, oh, that's what I forgot. Well, let me give you a word of advice. When it comes to our family, it comes to our relationships, and when it comes to um, living a life in this world, get the instruction book out first. Spend some time reading what it says. It'll make the projects that are before you come together a whole lot easier. And the things that we're working on will have everlasting value. And by the way, it's not only the instruction book on how to fix everybody else. It's the instruction book on how to fix you. How to make you what you need to be so that not only are you the best you you can be, but you're the you that God made you to be. Our vacation Bible school tonight talks about the fact that we are all uniquely and wonderfully made. 
God is saying, listen, get out the instruction book and let me tell you how uniquely and wonderfully I've made you. You know, none of us should want to cause even the slightest amount of damage to something that God holds so dear, such as our children. And this is what Mark chapter 9, verse 42 says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believes in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he be cast into the sea. Let me just give you a quick reminder, dads, what that's saying. If you're not living this instruction book before your family, God's going to hold us greatly accountable for it. Because we are doing irreparable damage to our children. And it will be very evident as the world begins to pull them away from God and pulls them into the horrendous things that they are involved in. And we'll need to recognize that, that we failed to honor Him by spending time in this Word. But listen, it's never too late. It's never too late. Start today make a commitment that you're going to spend time in this word so that you fix you so that you can be the best example to them that they need you to be. And God will fix them. But children, listen to me. How many children are out there? Wave your hand if you're a child. There you are. All right, listen to me. You know what? God has something to say to you as well. God has something to say to every one of you as children. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1. Hear ye children the instructions of your father and attend to no understanding. And then Proverbs 5, 7 says, Hear me now, therefore, O you children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 1, 8. My son heareth instruction of his father and forsakes not the law of his mother. Proverbs 4, 1 says, Hear ye children the instruction of the Father, and attend to no understanding. So God isn't just speaking to the moms and the dads in this room. He's speaking to you as children as well. So you need to take time to spend time in the instruction book because God is talking to you too and has a word for you. With so much at stake, fellas, shouldn't we all be sure that we not only have the right tools but we have the best tools in our toolbox so that we can do the work that God has called us to. Start with the manual because the manual knows it all because the God who created it all wrote it all and he did it so that we couldn't say, I didn't know where to begin. Begin right here. And it'll take you to the best place you can be. You know, I wish that I could supply every dad with one of my toolboxes, but there wasn't no budget for it, so sorry. But I gave you an idea of what you need. Now you can go out and get your own and make sure you have what you need. Today, the kids are going to come up in just a minute, and we're going to honor our dads in one last thing today. And dads, one thing I didn't talk about, but that is so important is that I've been in some dark, dark places in my life. 
sometimes. When I couldn't see the end. And I'm so glad that I was either able to reach into my pocket or into my toolbox and pull out a light. Sometimes we walk through the darkest places of life. But I want you to know that God has promised always to be the light that we need to light our way. He said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I never want you to dwell in darkness, but always in light. So I couldn't afford a big spotlight. Um, well, you couldn't, the church, so um, for everybody. So I did something the best I could. I found a little light. And this little light you can uh, put on your keychain, you can throw it in your pocket. Um, and, and you can pull it out in those dark times and you can shine a light. And You know, all these lights today are LEDs and they're just super bright. They're just really cool. All right? So, but let me just tell you, dads, um, when you open this up and you flick that button and it don't work, you go, oh, man, he gave me a bum deal. Nope. I just need you to understand that just like in our life, if we don't connect to the power source, the light never comes on. There's a little card in underneath the thing. You've got to take it out, pull the cardboard out so the battery touches the connections, and then it lights up. How do I know? Because I tried, and it didn't work, and I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so what have we bought? But I realized I wasn't connected to the power source. So, Dad's just a reminder when you have to do that. We've got to be connected to the power source in order for the light to shine. So kids, if you don't mind, come on up here, all the kids. Dads, if you don't mind, would you stand up? Dads, would you just stand up and, and, and so that we can recognize men? I want you to stand up. Men, I want you to stand up. All right? All right, guys, come on up here and then turn and look. I want you to look. No, look at these guys. Look at these guys. This is what we're looking at. All right. Children, come on, Brett, get up here. Come on, sweetie. Come on, Bellany. Come on, baby. Come on. All right. Zeta. Wow. I did not know there was this many kids here. Holy population. And there's some more that didn't come up. All right, kids, these are our dads. Let's give them a hand. All right, here's one, go find a dad. Here's one, go find a, uh, a dad standing up. Here's one, go find a dad. 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 Go find a dad, there you go. Man, as you get one, if you'll go ahead and sit down, that way they'll know. We might have more children than we've got uh, dads today, so we'll just kind of see here. Oh, there you go, buddy. All right. Go find a dad, go find a dad, go find a dad. All right, thank you, buddy. All right. There you go. Oh. There you go. There you go. There you go. Hang on. Only one. Because we have. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. All right. All right. All right. You got it? Everybody get one? All right. There you go. Go find the dad. 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 There you go. There you go. Go 
find them. They're still standing. All right, go to the ones that are standing. Go to the ones that are standing. All right, we still got some more standing. Come on, here you go. Come on. Come on, I ain't running. You guys run. You got the energy. Uh, uh, there you go. We forgot Dan. Give, give Dan one. There you go. All right. You got one more? All right. Did somebody get Josh in the sound room? Get Josh back in the sound room there. All right. Did we get them all? All right. For all the young men in the room, all the teenagers and young men, you're, you're, uh, I want you to come up here. All the not dads yet, young men, come on up here. Brady, come on up. Come on, Levi. All the young men, all the young boys, come on, young man. Have him, have him come up here. Come on up here. All the young men. Did you miss one? There you go. All right, come on up here. All right. Folks, these young men right here are the future dads. We've got to make sure that we're living the right life. We're teaching the right things. We're setting the right examples so that they can be the light in the darkness. So that they can know how, come on up here, buddy, so they can know how to live that life when they become dead. So I want them to have a light as well. So we're going to give each of these young men up here a light so that their light can shine and they can let others see Jesus in and through them. Yeah, watch my cord. Hang on. I got more. I got more. I got more. Yeah, sorry. Right, anybody else? Church, I want to just close our time today by praying for these young men. So would you pray with me? Father, we ask that, Lord, as these young men are standing on this stage today, that, Father, I know that if we blink our eyes, Lord, it'll be that they are um, grown up, finished school, found a, a pretty little gal, and, Lord, they've begun a family. Lord, we pray that, Father, that we would do everything that we can to make sure that we're building the church of tomorrow today, that we would teach them, that we would share with them, we would give them the tools that they need so that they can light the way. And, Lord, we just ask your blessing upon them, that you administer your grace to them, and that, Lord, that you would use them in the days ahead for your glory. 